take steps as fast as you can and try to fail as quickly as you can and you know try to mitigate your losses if you can but also I, I find just the faster I fail the, the faster I reach success go ahead and take action if it fails then you know reiterate and try again hello and thank you for joining us today on the gentle art of crushing it show where we focus on learning and sharing with our listeners all there is to know about how to create success in our lives this show stands on the shoulders of giants Our mission is to empower and inspire our listeners to create the life of their dreams whilst having a blast in the process. Let's celebrate life together. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Gentle Art of Crushing It. I am your host, Nathan, with Undoor Properties, and today I'm super excited to have with us Drew McCluskey. Drew uh, is a real estate investor. He co-founded Bright Investor, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And for those who have not checked it out, we actually interviewed Donato, his other co-founder, on episode 50 of this podcast. You were also, Drew, previously, in my understanding, Brandon Turner's intern for a while. I'd love to hear about that. And I've heard a story or two about you uh, having two dead squirrels fall on your face, I believe. So I want to hear about that one as well. Drew, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, Nathan. Absolutely. Cool. Well, so let's get started. Let's jump into this, Drew. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do in life today, what you did in life yesterday, maybe, and um, you know what got you into real estate? Yeah. So um, I'm a long-term real estate investor, uh, just kind of buying single-family properties primarily. I'm out of Rolla, Missouri, which is like an hour and a half west of St. Louis. Um, I got started about three years ago or so. Um, and kind of my, my main, I guess, like claim to fame or whatever was I, I came from college and just barely learning about real estate and ended up getting a internship with Brandon Turner. Went out there for about eight months, and we can get into that a bit more uh, later on. But Essentially, kind of went out there, learned a ton, networked a ton, uh, came from you know small town to something whoa, huge network, and then uh, came back and ended up founding Bright Investor with Donato. Um, so now, yeah, pretty much full time, I'm just working on trying to get Bright Investor ready for launch up here in the next week or two. Very cool, and we'll talk about and we'll touch on Bright Investor, of course, because I want to hear mm-hmm. more about that here. What's coming, when, and who it's for? So excited to hear about that. I'm sure by now everybody's curious and wants to know, you know, how the heck did you get in touch with Brandon Turner and end up being his intern? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who want to do that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, that's kind of, I think, where most all my journey in real estate began was, um, I think it was like my 19th birthday. My parents bought me two books and they were Bigger Pockets books uh, by Brandon Turner. And I was, I was like, okay, well, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll check into this and see what it's about. Um yeah, read the books, instantly fell in love with it, started listening to the podcasts every day. Um, and yeah, I, I think it was probably about two months after that. Um, and I mean, there's, there's so many little interesting stories throughout here. But basically, I, I ended up uh, kind of walking into a quadplex opportunity that was like a gut job that my, my dad uh, ended up purchasing for the land. And he said, hey, if you want to gut this quadplex, uh, you, you can have at it. And, and once you determine if you want to keep it or not, you can buy it from me kind of thing. So it was a unique opportunity that came pretty much right after learning about real estate investing. Um, so I kind of jumped in headfirst <laughs> immediately uh, and ended up kind of, I, I think I spent probably like eight months or so during college, just every single day uh, gutting that and it ended up kind of completely failing. And so I realized, oh shoot, I need help. Um, so I, I went to the Bigger Pockets conference and that's where I, I first started actually getting to know anyone in real estate and start talking to them and learning you know, oh shoot, I don't know anything about this kind of stuff yet. 
Um, but that was where I first met Brandon. Um, and to kind of give, I guess, like a, a bit of a story to that, basically, I was I, I got my tickets for uh, the Bigger Pockets conference, and I realized that it was at the Gaylord uh, Opperland Hotel down in Nashville, Tennessee. And for me, I'd grown up and I'd gone to a ton of conferences there, but it's a complete zoo. So uh, I reached out to pretty much everyone that I possibly knew uh, who worked at Bigger Pockets, and I was like, hey, if you guys want, um, I can be kind of a busboy for you guys. I know that place like the back of my hand. It can take days to learn the, the maze that it is uh, through all the different lobbies. Um, so after they kind of passed me around for a while, Brandon responded uh, on Instagram and was like, hey, thanks so much. You know, talk to this person. Uh, they ended up not needing my help. But what it did do is once I then got to the conference, I was able to talk to all those people who I had DM'd and had conversations with, and they remembered me um, for offering to help and stuff like that. And I then, you know, still kind of threw my hat in, hey, you know, if you need anything, I can still I can still run. Um, but that was kind of the first contact with Brandon. Um, so I got to talk with him a little bit once I was at the conference, and he remembered me from that. Um, and... That, that was kind of that. Like, so I ended the conference and uh, went back home and kept working on this quadplex. Um, and then probably about, th- I'm trying to think if it was about three months later, um, I really realized like, man, this quadplex is going nowhere. I don't have the kind of funds to do this. There's way more demo than I thought it was going to be. Um, but so a, a unique opportunity came up then of uh, like really right when I kind of finally was like, okay, shoot, I, I can't do this. Um Brandon launched an opportunity for uh, kind of like a GoFundMe kind of thing for his brother who had gotten in an accident. And he said, hey, if anyone donates $500 to this, I'll give them a 30-minute coaching call. Um, so kind of I was like, okay, well, that's another opportunity to get to talk to him and get to you know see if I can build a relationship there. So I um, immediately, I as soon as I saw that, I sent the 500 bucks. And uh, then, yeah, I, th- I think it was probably about four months later, I got my coaching call with him in. Um, and we, we started talking, talking about what I was doing with college, what my plans were after, how the quadplex was going. And a lot of it, he kind of was like, yeah, it sounds like this is a, a rough one that you got into. There's uh, all sorts of just like, uh, it was the whole like, you know, like three sheets of drywall in every single unit. Um, there was mold everywhere. Uh, the floors were rotting through. All of the trusses underneath the floors, they were rotted through. So I realized I was going to have to literally take this entire thing completely apart, rebuild everything, rebrace the structure. And it was... Uh, for a college student, there was no way I could fund that kind of money, and, and I didn't know enough yet about creative financing or anything like that. So I was yeah. Just, yeah. And were you doing the work yourself, or were you like kind of coordinating it and getting contractors and no, things like was, that to be the? No, I had like uh, t- two or three friends who really kind of came in to help out a couple times, but really otherwise, I was probably spending about eight eight hours a day every day in there, um, just swinging a sledgehammer and you know pulling stuff out wow. with a wrecking bar. So it was yeah. it was a rough. Uh, I would not recommend doing that if you're if you're not like used to hard labor like that. I would not recommend doing yeah. that because it messed my back up and it, it's caused all sorts of kind of problems. But um, but and, and I'm curious because you said I think you said your father got or was bought this property basically for the land right, and then he mm-hmm. offered you this opportunity to fix up the property. But yep. at that point in time when that happened, were you did you already know you wanted to get into real estate, or was that kind of like by happenstance? You know, that property happened and you said, oh, I could start doing the job and doing the work, right? And then you got interested in real estate. It was kind of, so I had read the books like a month and a half to two months before we got this property. So it was like, I I had been interested enough of like, oh, this is something I could see myself doing someday. And then it kind of just came right across my plate. And I was like, oh, shoot, okay, I guess I'll go ahead and take it because this, 
you know, that everyone's been talking about how you should get a quadplex because that's the best, you know, starter investment property or whatever. So for me, it like checked all the boxes, but it wasn't something that I was really planning to do while still in college. Um, so no, it, I, it definitely was not something I was planning on doing right then, but because it came across my plate, I went ahead and started trying to take advantage of it. And then since then, have you mm-hmm. bought more rental property? I'm curious if that served mm-hmm. as like a deterrent and scared you away from <laughs> all things real estate, given the experience. Yeah, no, it, um, I ended up, uh, getting, let's see. I got a, a single family house hack that was like, I rented out two other bedrooms while I was there and that cash flowed. Um, and then I got uh, a sixplex that I partnered on with uh, someone that was kind of just a quick flip. So we pot- bought it for a really low price and then just relisted it. Um, yeah. Made about, uh, it was about like a 20,000 profit on that one. So not as great as we were hoping, but still, um, it, it was like a four month hold or something. Um, and then I've done an Airbnb arbitrage uh, and then. Uh, just bought two more properties that now I'm house hacking by living in one. Uh, they're like two properties on one lot. So renting out the three bedroom, uh, one bath, and I'm living in the one bedroom, one bath with my wife. Awesome. I'm yeah. curious. I want to, I don't know. I don't know how easy this will be to answer, I guess, but I want to go mm-hmm. into kind of mindset a little bit because I'm yeah. both, both like if you know what this is or if you can remember both for, you know, getting in touch with Brandon Turner, right? As well mm-hmm. as not being deterred from like this horrible first experience that you had, not being deterred mm-hmm. from real estate. I'm curious what what mindset, you know, hacks or tricks or whatever you have, because I would imagine again, you know, if we take the Brandon Turner story, for example, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's hundreds of people who reach out to him on a regular basis. He's a big name, mm-hmm. big brand in the space, right? But what were you doing differently that made you ultimately get this internship, right? And similarly, what what were you thinking when you're like, yeah, this was a horrible first experience with this quadplex mm-hmm. that I, you know, destroyed my back while yeah. you know, trying to fix up? But hey, guess what? I'm going to continue investing in real estate. Yeah, I think um, I, I'm, I'm trying to exactly pinpoint the the mindset um, still for myself. But um, there's this one book. It's called uh, Poke the Box, and I haven't even read it. But my dad explained it to me a bit when I was a kid, and he was like, "This is the kind of person you are. You're a poke the box type person. You just." You see a box and you start messing with it and you try to figure out how it works. Um, so I've always been very curious. And with that, uh, I got into programming back when I was about 10. And computer programming, pretty much the entire process is you try something, it fails, you edit, you try again, you try something, you fail. And and you do that, you know, genuinely probably like every 15 seconds, every 30 seconds. It's just constant little tweaks until it finally works. But it's it's a very just like, consistent failing process to get anything to work in programming. So I think because I did that from age 10 all the way, like I still do it now. um, I think that that really drilled in my head that the process of success is tons of little failures. Like just that's like, there's no gratification until you've done, you know, a hundred fails in programming. So I think that that mindset for me has carried through to everything. So like with Brandon, you know, I, I reached out that one time, but I'd also reached out probably like 80 other times on his posts, on, you know, DMs and all sorts of things. I just, I'm, I'm always throwing little uh, pieces out there to see if uh, an opportunity can come of something. Um, so when the quadplex failed, for me, it was more just a, okay, <laughs> you know, almost like look through your code, see what wasn't right. And then, okay, try another iteration. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, for me, ultimately, that's really served me well, because it has helped me to just 
I don't really get phased by the fact that something didn't work. That's kind of what I expect. I expect that something won't work and then I need to edit and then it'll, you know, get closer and closer to working. Um, so I think ultimately that mindset is what really, that helped me get the internship. It helped me, you know, move on to the next properties. It's going to help me get even better investments in the future because now I've learned certain things to look out for. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like if you tried to program a web page and didn't test it until you had all the programming, you know, written out, it, it would be a mess. And so I, I've always kind of taken the idea of, Take steps as fast as you can and try to fail as quickly as you can and, um, you know, try to mitigate your losses if you can. But also, I, I find just the faster I fail, the, the faster I reach success. And and usually the, the damages aren't horrible. Um, usually there's pretty good ways to salvage bad investments and, and whatnot. And I'm not saying to go off and be, you know, an idiot. No, but reckless. also, yeah, yeah, don't be reckless. But also, like, you know, analyze it. As long as you know that your brain is using relatively good numbers and you're you know, checking your sources, you're not just being overly emotional, go ahead and take action. If it fails, then you know, reiterate and try again. Yeah, it's kind of the fail fast and learn, right? And then move mm-hmm. on, adjust, adapt, and move on so that you can you know, find success, basically. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, I'm just curious, you know, with all, the, all that you've shared so far right, with us and our audience here, what... What would you say your favorite like success story is that you like to to share with others and and in particular what you learn from it? Maybe it's the internship, maybe it's where mm-hmm. you're at now. Um, I'm curious if a, a particular story comes to mind. I think uh, th- this story kind of had like a twofold notion to it, so I'll, tr- I'll try to make it short. Um, but it's it's kind of the same process that ended up working both for Brandon and for Brittany Arneson. Uh, it's Investor Girl Brit. Um, she's a DIYer. Yeah. But so, um, when it came to the internship, I got offered the potential for an opportunity during that coaching call. But, uh, what I ended up doing was I ended up going and working for free for Brandon's partner, just reached out to him on Instagram and said, Hey, I'll work for free. Um, you know, I know these different ways I can help you. And if there's anything else I can do as well, you know, let me know. And so the, the partner, he had uh, given me this whole process of like, different leads to look up online and get different data from. And so I I spent like all night trying to build a program that would basically take these lead lists anytime we got them and automatically scrape that from the internet and give him a finished PDF that he could upload into uh, like a mailing system. And so I kind of, I for, for that uh, instance, that then pretty much guaranteed me the internship. He from there then went and reached out to Brandon and said, hey, this is the dude, you know, he's doing free work and he just, you know, he saved me eight hours every single month now by building this quick program. Um, so I think that whole piece of working for free and then also kind of knocking their socks off right back to back just provides an overwhelming amount of value and that you're committed to actually helping out um, with their process and making things better. It's not just that you're going to do one thing for them, but you're actually going to make their system of doing things better. Um, I did that. That secured me the internship with Brandon. And when then I was finishing that up, I had become friends with Brittany while I was down on Maui. And I was talking about, you know, what my plans were for going back. And I asked her um, while she was starting her uh, syndication company with AJ Osborne. Um, so she was just starting IGB Capital. And I was like, hey, you know, I, I know systems. I know computers. I know how to automate things. Um, you know, you, you seem like you need help. I, I have background in graphic design, all sorts of stuff. And so she was like, yeah, no, I definitely need help. But I'm really short on cash right now. I'm, I'm trying to throw everything I can into this. And I just don't have the cash to really pay. So I was like, okay, well, what if I just work the first month for free, second month for 500 bucks, and we'll talk from there. But that way you have two months of my service to just help get this thing up and running. So, you know, long story short, I ended up, you know, I think I was probably pouring 60 hours, it was probably like 50 to 60 hours a week 
into this building out all the graphics, the website systems, and it you know it secured me a job with her, which is an amazing networking opportunity as well. You know, her and Brandon both have just amazing networks and a whole lot of insight uh, as well. And so I think just that whole mindset of um, can you do something for free and then can you knock their socks off? And that, I mean, everyone wants that kind of help. You know, if, if you can tell someone that you're going to save them tons of money and tons of time, everyone wants that. And so that I think has been my biggest win. I'm really proud of that fact that I was able to work with both of them because I really look up to both of them uh, as real estate influencers and just as people and friends. Um, but yeah, I think that's been like one of the biggest wins. And I think if I, you know, if I had to start everything over again, I would really just keep focusing on that, you know, try to provide as much value as possible to someone who can be a very good mentor. And uh, I, I think that would continue to open up doors. Yeah. And and I'm curious, and of course, by no means do I want to minimize all the work that you've put into to getting to where you are, right? But I'm trying to put mm-hmm. myself in the shoes of, of, you know, folks that are maybe glass half empty, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. looking or finding excuses why they can't do what you did, right? I mean, are you yep. special? Do you have to know programming to do these things? Do you have to be okay with cold calling mm-hmm. or cold Instagramming or whatever people to, you know, to get these opportunities? Or do you think anybody can do this? Yeah, I, I honestly don't think that anyone can do this. I honestly, uh, the amount of late hours and, and whatnot that I will pull, I don't think is for everyone. Um, and I think that's honestly the whole real estate industry. I don't think the real estate industry is for everyone. It, uh, it's awesome, but it requires a lot of proactivity. And if you get too much analysis paralysis and you just can't get over that, I don't think you should pull the trigger on a property because I think it just, when then, you know, the heat really turns on, it can really burn you. And I honestly think that that's the same for this kind of thing. Like if, if you're, if you aren't someone who just loves hustle, uh, I don't think that you're going to be able to create the kind of value and continue to pull it. What I will say is, um, if you have time, so like if you, you know, you don't have a bunch of kids and you don't need your bills and your bills aren't crazy high, if you can minimize all those costs and focus as much time as possible, then no, I think pretty much anyone can because the opportunities, um, like, I mean, pretty much every big influencer in the field of real estate that I know right now would love to have someone doing graphics for them, would love to have someone editing video, would love to have someone doing scripts, reaching out for podcasts, all sorts of stuff. And so if you can say, hey, I'll, I'll get you on you know 80 new podcasts within the next four months, they would say, amazing, go do it. And you know then you've got a perfect in and now you're friends with, one of these big influencers. So I really, I think the opportunities are there. I just don't, I think you have to know that you're actually the type of person who would commit to that and actually follow through for four months. Uh, Cause it is pretty tiring. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I think there's a lot. Um, I struggle a lot today with, with kind of the, Folks that think everything is still kind of microwave society, one button click, you get your Amazon delivered at home, you know, and that, you know, Mm -hmm. success is the same thing, right? Where there are shortcuts, I must find an easier way and uh, to do stuff, right? And and typically people shy away from, you know, doing the work, the commitment, like you said, like consistency, Mm -hmm. daily work. So couldn't agree more. Yeah. No, it's, it's one of those uh, unfun answers because it's, it's, I think, more oh, honest. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, but sorry. It's honest. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. honest. And yeah. um, on the flip side of, you know, this success story that you just shared, is there like an incredibly difficult time in your life that, that you're okay with sharing with us mm-hmm. and the audience here and, and maybe what you learned from that, with how, how you kind of navigated through that incredibly difficult time? I mean, I'm going to be honest here and I, I'm, you know, I'm only 24, so I haven't had a whole lot of life to live, and I had a pretty good growing up. I, I have not had like a, 
you know, dark night of the soul kind of, you know, just like, oh my gosh, life is falling apart around me. I would say though, I have consistently for the past, like, you know, two years at least just had a whole lot on my plate and doing, you know, um, like I've been working like 60 to 80 hour work weeks every week for a good long while. Um, and like I, I got married in the last year, uh, we're pregnant now, we're having a kid on the way. So it's like, there's a lot of cool things happening. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited, but there's a lot of stress that comes with that. Like I, I quit my job before knowing that we were pregnant and then, you know, working full time with Bright Investor doesn't bring any pay yet. So it's, there's, there's a lot of stress that's happening all the time. And I think I would be reeling. Um, but what I would say is I, to help deal with that and to help having gone, you know, for like two to three years at this point now of just a lot of 60 hour type work weeks. Um, I really do focus on what things fill up my joy bucket, basically just like, um, for me, that'll be like skateboarding or pickleball or, uh, going and playing basketball, soccer walks, whatever. But like, I'll, I'll find those things that will help to (laughs) give me some stress release. Um, and also just like actually be fun for me. And I do those pretty much every single day. I'm trying to make sure that I have at least an hour somewhere that I focus on that because otherwise I know I just start crashing. Like I start getting depressed and uh, yeah, really burned out. And, but I found I can go, you know, multiple 14 to 16 hour days in a row. If I'm making sure that I have at least a set apart time to just, you know, check my brain out and have fun outside or something like that. So it's, it's kind of silly, but I really think especially hustlers need to make sure that they pad in that time of just, you know, not working out, nothing like that, just time to, chill uh for a little bit so then you can go back strong um yeah i think that's helped a ton um but no i haven't had like any you know soul crushing times yet thankfully and and this is a completely random left field Mm -hmm. question here so (laughs) you might not even be able to answer it at all but i'm curious i'm a relatively uh young uh, parent myself you got two a three-year-old and five-year-old um so definitely keeps people busy um i'm curious if you have any anxiety or maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, sorry, what your where's, I guess, your head at in terms of this, you know, baby coming soon, whenever that is, and all of these projects that you have going on, right? Um, what mindset do you have to, to be convinced that you can continue to be successful on all fronts, both having fun with the pickleball and soccer and basketball, all that being a great husband, being a father soon, right? Real estate investor and you know, co-founder and running your own business, right? That's going to be a lot. Yeah. I think, um, honestly, one of the biggest things is that I did get rentals ASAP and I built that up so I have that cash flow. And then we've reduced our living expenses like crazy. Like we're just, you know, we're eating a lot of rice and beans, a lot of peanut butter sandwiches. Um, Doing that a lot has helped because then our amount of stress of the income that we need is very low. So I know if we suddenly have a bad month, I can go and do a random, you know, coding job or a graphic design gig and yeah. boom, we're covered now for the month. Like one gig and I'm good. So that's that's helped a lot. And I would say for a lot of people starting out, if you can just minimize your expenses as absolutely much as possible, I think it really reduces the stress. Um, and then I think with the part of, you know, having a kid on the way, I, I would say there's a bit of anxiety in it, but also... Um, I don't know. I think like I I have enough opportunity because I am working from home where, you know, my wife yeah. is there over on the other couch and we're talking kind of while I'm doing, uh, you know, feedback stuff for developers. I think having that piece of, you know, the cash flow and then being willing to, 
make my extra 500 bucks or whatever it is I need um, just on the side has helped a lot. Uh, so I guess if someone's in the situation where they can't live on, you know, I think for us, our expenses are right around like 1,800 a month. Um, nice. And then we're house hacking. So it's only like, yeah. yeah, but so it's only like, I think it's only 1,400 is like our total costs that we need to have coming in each month now because we're house hacking. So it's like, if you can get to, you know, Midwestern state, if possible, uh, and reduce your expenses through house hacking and get some more rentals, I think that that helps a lot. And that was kind of my goal before I got married. I wanted to make sure I had enough income to where I wouldn't be just stressed out of my mind. Um, yeah, that's, I guess that's what I'd recommend yeah, yeah. doing. And I that's what's helped know, me so far. I, I, yeah. I know it's a hard question, right? And yeah. um, it's, um, it just, you came up because you were mentioning having a kid soon. And, and for me, yeah. it's uh, the best, best journey so far in life is having kids. So yeah, for me, so it's incredible. No, I'm stoked and you're about for to, it. Yeah. 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 It's going to be fantastic. Um, just, you know, going back to kind of our, our conversation, right? And you, you mentioned you're only 24 and you've already, mm-hmm. you know, obviously reached a whole bunch of success in a bunch of different areas. But I'm curious if you could go back in time and obviously not that far back for you. But mm-hmm. um, is there, you know, what would you do different to, to maybe fast track your success or, or you know, reach, you know, these, these points or these, you know, thresholds that you wanted to reach, you know, sooner than you have so far? Is there anything you would do differently if you could? I think if I... If I had been a bit of a different person, I think I would have skipped out on college. Um, I, I did a four-year degree online, and it was great because it got me to fall in love with learning. But if I had already kind of caught the bug of learning ahead of time, uh, you know, during high school, like reading books, I would have skipped college because that would have really given me so much more time to have built this business earlier or you know, gotten into investing earlier. But instead, happened to it's doing a college degree is like a full-time job, pretty much. Like it's a lot of work. And so it's like, man, if I could have had all those hours for four years to just pour into, you know, real estate and, and personal development more, um, you know, I, once, once I finished college, I think I read, I think it was like, I was reading at least four to six books a month on business and self-development. And so it was like, I exploded in my knowledge, you know, like 70 books or something like that in a year. And if I would have done that just from when I started college, I would be so much brighter than I think a lot of what I learned in college because you, know, you only you only read like four books every semester or so in college so I that's I think that would be the biggest thing is go back and um, skip college and have just read a lot of those books earlier on because um, that ultimately those are what opened up every single door pretty much was just lots of podcasts lots of books yeah yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely a controversial statement, but um, yeah. I don't disagree with it necessarily, but um, I know yeah. it's going to get it depends a lot on of people the person. riled up. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, no, and if, if I was, again, if I, if it was because it was me, I did not like learning. I would not have read those books. So for me, I think it was crucial to go to college, but yeah. uh, I wish, wish I could have been a different person back then. Yeah, awesome. Um, I'm curious if, uh, and maybe you already answered this in kind of the conversation mm-hmm. we've had so far, but if you could pinpoint like the one trait or the one key to success that you know is yours drew mccluskey's you know secret to success um Mm -hmm. what would that be do you think i think it's probably uh the whole it's the whole giving mindset first just give and give and give and give and if you can really front load that like crazy i think it it opens up every door you know you want to be uh you want to do education you want to do all sorts of different things but it the more educated you get the better you can give you know so it it's all about the better give that you can give to someone else, the better opportunities that can come on the back end. So I think th- that's been, you know, everything for me. Um, every sure. opportunity has come out of a piece of giving first. 
Yeah. Have you read the book Give and Take? I've not. I've read Go-Giver, and that's where I kind of got a lot of the mindset from, but I've not read Give and Take. I will yeah, add I that would, to the list. Yeah, I, I would recommend it. One of my favorite books, uh, Give and Take, I think the author is Adam Grant, if I remember correctly. I might be wrong on that one, but one of the one of my favorite books, for sure. It's all about basically how, you know, kind of um, evidence-based, like, you know, data-driven uh, mm-hmm. approach to how givers, people who give, ultimately always end up ahead in life uh, yeah. when you give without expecting anything in return. And it's a very, very good read. Um, so I'd recommend that one. Awesome. Yeah, I, I will. Um, you know, getting closer to the end here, wanting to wrap this up, but I want to hear, of course, all about Bright Investor as well. Um, while we talk about books here, while we're talking about books, sorry, before we hop into kind of technology and stuff, do you have mm-hmm. a book recommendation that you'd like to um, tell people to pick up and read? You read seventy a month or whatever it was. So uh, yeah, no, library. yeah, 70, seventy a year, seventy, 70 a year, so, yeah, seventy yeah. a year, yeah, yeah. No, um, uh, or no, that that math doesn't add up. Sorry, it was like one hundred eighty something. I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't a do lot. math in my head very well. Anyhow, yeah, I was reading a lot. Yeah, constant. But um, I'd say personal development wise, I would say either the Go Giver or Extreme Ownership. Both of those were crucial. The Extreme Ownership is really that whole part of you know. The hustle, 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 you know, just just uh, learn how to do hard things. The go-giver was learn how to provide loss of value. So I liked both of those for that. For real estate-wise, though, I'd say um, I really liked the whole, uh, oh, in, I think it's like investing with no or low money down um, by Brandon Turner. I like that one because it just it got my brain thinking about real estate as a creative, more like an art rather than just a numbers game. So I really like that because it kind of opened my brain to the whole new field of of real estate investing. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So shifting gears here, typically when we have uh, when we record these episodes, we like to ask our guests for like a tool or app or software uh, type recommendation that they have that they use or like uh, that has mm-hmm. uh, helped them achieve success. Uh, I'm curious what that is for you. And of course, if you want to hop into Bright Investor, maybe that's your mm-hmm. tool choice. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd say... I mean, I, I'm I am really excited about Bright Investor. Um, it's it was born out of necessity for me and Donato. We both were, um, I guess, just yeah, some some kind of overview of it. It's a real estate visual data mapping tool. So we get data, um, real estate data from all sorts of different sources like Rentometer, Mashvisor, Crimeometer, uh, the Census Bureau, whatnot, and we take all of it and we make it visual, stackable, uh, interactable, so you can you know zoom up, look at different things, figure out what kind of crimes are happening where. Um, just really makes the whole aspect of finding a market and what you're looking for in it uh, down to, you know, from, from the macro level of the whole city down to the street. Um, it makes it such a more interactive experience. And it's definitely, you know, it was born out of something that I, I couldn't find anywhere else. And I was spending, you know, 30 hours uh, to analyze one market. And I'm, I'm stoked at how fast this makes it. And I feel like it comprehends uh, is that, way is better that- for me. Is that where it came from? There are no alternative tools that do this out there? Or is it that there's a hundred tools out there that you'd have to use to get all of this information? Or they're yeah, just not good enough? I'm curious how where this came from. Yeah, it was a mix. So there's, um, you know, like Rentometer, for instance, is an amazing rent tool, but all it does is rent. Crimeometer is amazing for crime. All it does is crime. So there's there's certain places where you can get this data, but it's only for one. And then the other issue is you have one map, and then you have another map over here. You don't have them on the same map overlaying. So you can't see crime against different rent areas by zip code. And that's that's where I think comprehension becomes so much easier compared to if I give you a list of you know 28 zip codes 
and then say, hey, here's all their rents, here's all their crimes, you know, you're not going to be able to comprehend that really visually. Um, so that's uh, that's what I think makes this so valuable is we're taking things that are already out there, but putting it all on one platform and layering it. There are other platforms that will do like, they'll provide a uh, kind of overview of a market for, through like a PDF report. But to me, that's really not the same because you're not able to actually interact with it. You can't, you know, zoom up, look around different areas, open up windows. You're just kind of getting a typically, you know, like a 20 page report to just read through. And that that helps, but it doesn't let you actually kind of explore and open up the market more. Yeah. And so yeah. so who who is this for? Typically, people who are looking for a new market, people who want to better understand their market. You know, who, mm-hmm. who's your target like user here for this? Yeah, it's. So our ultimate, like our, our main target user would be small real estate investment companies. So ones that are, you know, like a team of two to eight people or so, that kind of size company, um, this would be perfect for because it's it's so much about if you're looking more for a certain asset class um, and that can come in any, you know, market. It, it, you know, if you're specifically looking for mobile homes or something like that and that, you know, okay, we've got one in Chattanooga and then another one in Lynchburg and whatever, you're having to quickly learn a whole new market and not just like the general market, but you need to understand exactly that neighborhood and those zip code streets, what's going on. Um, this helps to really speed up that process. Um, and then secondarily, it's you know for new investors who are looking for their first or second market, um, it, it helps to, again, come from the piece of, okay, well, I want to invest in Austin, but where? You know, what zip codes specifically? Um, it, it helps people to narrow down their markets. Awesome. Well, yeah, it sounds mm-hmm. exciting. And like I was telling Donato when I spoke to him last week, um, I'm super excited to get my hands on this, even if, even if it's just to explore like the couple markets that, you know, we invest in today just to, you know, better understand them. And mm-hmm. uh, is that available today? Is Bright Investor available today? When is it coming out? If it's not today, where can people go to get their hands on this? Yeah. So uh, depending on when this podcast releases, we're we're launching it open on March 28th. So that is when the release date is. Uh and then, yeah, I mean, it, we're, we've got a whole lot more data and uh, different visualization types coming really soon. So we're, within the next three months, we're just going to be uh, kind of plowing in all sorts of new data types to make it even more uh, beneficial for users. But yeah, March 28th is when it gets released. Uh, you can, if this comes out before then, you can go on our website and get signed up for the pre-launch as well. And uh, we have different value there for you know early bird discounts and whatnot. Yeah, so this is typically going to release or should release after uh, you've gone live. So everybody okay. listening to this, go go get it. It's live. Awesome. <laughs> Good cool, uh, Drew. Well, thanks for that. Um, bringing this to a close here. Last question I have for you or last couple questions I guess that I have for you is how can our audience help you and where do you want them to reach out, uh, if at all? Yeah, I, I love people reaching out. Networking is one of my favorite things. So you can find me personally at Drew underscore McCluskey. And that's M-C-C-L-U-S-K-E-Y. Um, that's on Instagram. Um, and then to find more about Bright Investor, you can either go to brightinvestor.com or uh, oh, Bright Investor Official on Instagram. Um, and to help me out there, it would mainly just be, you know, give us a follow and share our content uh, awesome. if you find it useful. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, as always, we'll make sure we put all that information in the show notes so people can just click and get straight to you, straight to Bright Investor, Bright Investor Official. Uh, all that good stuff will be in there. So very cool. Awesome. Like I said, thank you so much for your time. I'm excited to get my hands on Bright Investor. Oh, sorry. Before we go, last thing we got to yeah. do. I heard about this two dead squirrel story. Tell us more. Oh, people yeah. want to know about <laughs> this. What's what's going on yeah. there? Yeah. 
Uh, so that was uh, during the quadplex gut. So when I was getting the whole quadplex, um, and I, I was wearing like respirators and all sorts of different stuff because it was so much just clouding going on every day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I when I would pull down the ceilings, there was all the blow-in insulation, and I couldn't get in between floor levels. So I'd pull it down, and just all sorts of insulation is falling on me, and it's you know probably forty-year-old insulation. And so multiple times, I would have just all sorts of walnuts just start plowing down on my face and. Uh, two of the different times while pulling it out, a dead squirrel lands right on my face. And, you know, I've got, like, the respirator and stuff, so I'm a little protected, but still, uh, it didn't change. It's, yeah, dead squirrel right on your face. You know, oh, gosh, you know, why am I why am I in here? So if, if that's not a reason to uh, hire out that kind of work if you can, um, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, with the yep. two dead squirrel story, we will end it here. Drew, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you. Uh, and hopefully we'll get you on the podcast again soon. All right. Sounds great. Thanks so much, right. Nathan. Take care, man. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of The Gentle Art of Crushing It. It was an amazing episode. We know we sure learned a lot, and we hope you did as well. We want to take a second and thank you so much for viewing or listening to this episode. And please just know that we only ask for one favor, and that is to make this life magnificent. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.